a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hi, you are listening Pastor Maldonado, and this is Beyond the Grid. Hello all and welcome to Beyond the Grid, presented by Bose QuietComfort 35-2 wireless headphones. My name is Tom Clarkson and joining me this week is a driver who you could say created a headline or two during his Formula One career. After winning the GP2 title in 2010, he made his Grand Prix debut with Williams in 2011 alongside Rubens Barrichello and he took a brilliant victory at the Spanish Grand Prix the following year, valiantly keeping Fernando Alonso's Ferrari at bay in front of a partisan Spanish crowd. But he also made a name for himself for his relentless commitment to the limit, and sometimes going over it. I'm talking, of course, about Pastor Maldonado. There's no doubt that Pastor was quick, and particularly so on street circuits, but he was flamboyant too, and that caused the Venezuelan to come unstuck on many occasions. He crashed a lot, particularly with Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez, and he made some unfortunate career decisions that resulted in his stint in F1 coming to an end after just five years. But one of the great things about Pastor is that he isn't afraid to speak his mind, which makes him the perfect beyond-the-grid guest. We caught up in his adopted hometown of Monaco just over a week ago. We hadn't seen each other for a while, and it was great to see him looking so happy and relaxed, although he clearly wanted to get a few things off his chest. Pastor, welcome to Beyond the Grid. It's lovely to see you again. Uh, it's been a while. It's been, what, three and a bit years now since yes. uh, last saw you in a Formula One car. What was it? Abu Dhabi 2015. Yes. For those listening who don't know, can you just say what you've been doing in the meantime? In the meantime, I... I've been with the family a lot. I spend uh, finally uh, a bit more time with my kids. With How many have you got now? Two girls. Two girls. They are growing well. So I did like the, the father championship, you know, <laughs> 100% time with my kids, taking them to the school, you know, enjoying, enjoying the family, which for Latin people, you know, is, is very important. And, uh, and last year, uh, 2017, 18, I've been racing in the WEC championship, having a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, here we are now. A lot of fun and quite a lot of success as well, huh? Yes, yes. I need to say that uh, I discovered all the part of the motorsport, which I always see, uh, I always been interesting, but I never try, you know, and uh, I got the chance 
And uh, I start to enjoy it. I start to discover it and to get passionate about this, you know, and having uh, a lot of fun with uh, Anthony Davidson as my teammate. Also with uh, Roberto, which was the other driver. And we achieved a lot. I think we had uh, maybe not everything on the table to, to win races and to be as much as competitive as we were. But we've been fighting always, you know, until until last lap of the, the endurance races, which is uh, very tough. You know, it's, they are long races, but every year they, and every race, they are becoming like a sprint races, you know. So you need to be very focused. You need to push very hard but at the same time. Uh, don't do any mistake following all the, the, the strategies, following the other, what the other teams are doing. So it's very wild racing, you know, and, and I enjoy, I really enjoy. I learned a lot because it was completely new for me. I never race something like this, you know, I never share my car with no ones. And, uh, this was difficult. This was sharing, sharing the car. Yes. Right? <laughs> at the beginning, yes. You know, and at the beginning you are a little bit jealous because, uh, I was completely, you know, like, like the Formula One approach, like the approach I had in the junior categories in the single seaters from Reno, World Series, GP2. Uh, and then I start to learn that, uh, only, only working, uh, in, in group, in team is the only way to success. And we did, and I'm quite happy to, to win few races and to be in the podium quite often uh, last season. And yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. I need to say that I add to my, to, to, to my long career a super experience. Now, look, talking of great experiences, though, let's go back to 2012. Yes. It was your second season of Formula One, and you won a race on merit in Spain just how vividly do you remember that weekend now? Uh, it's, it's already far away, a long time ago. But uh, but yeah, of course, it's, that was maybe one my, one of my best uh, moments in my career, I need to say. Everything you've done, uh, a lot of remembers coming on when, when I start racing in my country, in the go-kart. Uh, all my family, uh, having a great sport to, 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 to send forward me, you know, in, in, in my sport. It was a very difficult and long career for me, I need to say. Coming from, from a country which this sport is, is pop, is popular just to see, to follow, but not popular to practice or, or to do, you know, and, uh, and yes, I need to say that, it, as I mentioned before, it was a very tough and long career. And then finally, uh, the victory arrived, arrived with a, a huge team, you know, huge name. It was very difficult for Williams to, to, to achieve a victory at the time, you know, uh, the difference in between, uh, the budgets, the rules, the technology, uh, Pastor, for all of these reasons. How unexpected was exactly, that? Exactly, exactly. That that was that that why I'm talking about this because mm. 
the previous year, 2011, that was my first season in, in, in Formula One. We've been as a team in Williams suffering a lot with a car which was uh, not uh, very competitive. We, you, we, we had, I think we, we were the only ones of, uh, of the good teams with the Cosworth engine at the time and we were missing power. We were missing a lot of things. And certainly for 2012, we put together a very good package which didn't start as expected. You know, we were okay fighting for the points, but not achieving the, the targets. Okay. And certainly for Barcelona, we put together a new package in the car. I remember that was a huge package. You know, everything was new in the car. Can you remember what kind of stuff was it? What new aero? I mean, new wing? aero, new yeah. aero, something in the suspension, but the aero was very deep. We, we had completely a new car. We put, uh, new floor, new front wing, new rear wing, patch boards, uh, side, side pods. Uh, almost, it was, almost like a B-spec car by the That side. was an, like an, a B car, you know, because it was very deep. And I remember everything was new. So we, we supposed to not race this package in, in Barcelona just to do the free practice, do some laps for the, for the data, analyze this back at home in, in, in Williams and race in Monaco or, or the, 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 the races after. But, uh, I remember Saturday morning, FP3, we were in top three or top five. I don't remember having a lot of fuel in the car still. Uh, I felt the car unbelievable, very balanced. Uh, we were like ready, maybe not for the pole, but we, we were ready to be in the top five. Certainly for quality, we dropped, uh, the fuel level, a very nice strategy, uh, for the, for the tires use. And finally we achieved the, the pole position after Lewis had, had no fuel to, to get to the, to, to, to the bots. How good was your quali lap? So you were second fastest behind yes. Hamilton. He then gets disqualified. You're promoted to pole. Yes. Was it like the quali lap of your life? I think since quali one, I've been putting uh, solid laps. You know, every time I was in the top three, every time I was very solid, you know, uh, and the strategy we used, how we used the tires for, for that quali, that was the best one, you know, and we've been working a lot on the strategies there. Uh, we use all the amount of soft tires available uh, we had, you know, only for one lap, of course. And uh, yeah, we, we, we just achieved one lap, one lap, one lap, one lap, one lap, every quality, you know, and, and by the end, okay, I was doing very well. Of course, I did an amazing job in quality. I got, uh, I put the, the lap together, you know, it was very clean. Uh, Maybe it wasn't, it's difficult to say if it was the best lap ever, you know, because I, I, normally I've been always uh, quite good in qualifying, you know, putting the lap together, having the 100% of the tires, you know. And I remember that year I put the car in, 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 uh, in the top three, like five, six times, you know, during the season, which, to be honest, that was unexpected from the car, you know, we had a car to fight for the point, maybe for good points, top five, top 10, you know, from top five to, to top 10. But certainly in quali, I was very confident with the car. I was very confident with the team and I was putting out extra 
extra power, you know, to get out these extra tens who give me the chance to, to be in the top three. After when you start the race, of course, we were missing something because the other teams were quicker than us. And, and physically, it's something that you cannot uh, compete against. You know, they were quicker. We try our best to, <laughs> before we talk about the to race contend them. But before we talk, to them, can you remember your reaction when you heard that Hamilton had been penalised and that you would be on pole position? Yes, of course. I said, come on, you know, this is a good chance uh, for my career. Everyone was telling me, okay, let's go for the podium. Uh, I had my wife, I had my family, my father was there. Uh, a lot of, I don't know why, maybe because it's Spain and a lot of people from my family were in this race, you know, and uh, a lot of friends also. So I shared with my friends with... And every, everyone was telling me, okay, good job. Tomorrow the podium is possible. So just let's get the podium. It's very important for the team. Also, the team was looking after the podium, of course, because they had like seven years without any victory at the time. But when I went to the bed, I said to myself, I think this is, uh, this is my time, you know, is, I just need to do what I did in the previous categories. Just go for the victory. You know, that was not my, my first time leading a race. That was not my first time making a pole position. Everyone, all the journalists, they were asking me, are you nervous? How you feel? I'm feeling better than ever because I'm starting from the pole, you know? And, uh, and yes, I enjoy. I enjoyed that night. I was very relaxed. And I said to myself, it's now or never. You know, I have the chance and I will go for it. I will do more than 100% to get this victory. I always was dreaming to, to race against Fernando body to body because I, uh, I, I said at the time, you know, and I was following all his career. So I was a, a very young, a kid. And, uh, and he's very tough. Oh, we all know he is very tough for race. You know, he always trying, he always doing his best. He's never backing off. So I always said, okay, I, I want to race sometime, Fernando, but a proper race. No, no like a normal race of today, a proper race. And we did, we did a wonderful race. We knew Ferrari was very strong on the start. You know, it's nothing that we, we, we couldn't do against. So were you surprised when he beat you into turn one or were you kind of expecting No, I was expecting that. I was expecting that. But to be honest, that was my best start of the season. You know, looking to the data. I did all the procedures. I did all my best. The team did wonderful because at the time it was an engineer to set down the, the, the clutch position, you know. So they did an amazing job from the wall. I did all my best from the reaction time and the car did good, but Ferrari was better than us at the time starting. But I tried to contend uh, Fernando, but as I mentioned before, he's very tough. He knew and he wanted to try immediately because he knew the fight is and also tough to race. And, uh, and I was following him from, from quite closely lap after lap, following the strategy, that the strategy was a winning one. And I knew this, you know, because I, 
I was very good on, on child managing. The degradation at the time is not the same degradation of today. If you remember, Pirelli was, everyone was in troubles after half of the race and some, some people were having a lot of troubles by the end of the race. And we anticipate the last stop, like, uh, Pirelli was giving us the, 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 the lap numbers. And I remember it was something like 17, 18 laps with the hard compounds in Barcelona, which is very tough with the, with the, with the tires. And we anticipate the stop by 25 laps. Okay. So I said, okay, now I need to survive with the tires. Now I need to drive very clean, but at the same time, quite fast. I follow the energies of the tires in the key corners. It's very difficult to overtake in Barcelona. So I protect myself where Fernando can attack. He was over me. He was, I think, nearly one or two tens behind. So it was tough to contain him, but, uh, but I had the control. You know, I was relaxed. I was driving nicely. I had the control. I was leading the race. I was in the top after the strategy. Uh, we, we, we over, um, we overpassed him in, in the, in the last stop. And then, uh, and then the victory, finally the victory. That was something expecting because I was expecting to win that race. But at the same time, I think no one was expecting this. And I feel the emotions of the people, you know, the emotion of the stands, this, the, the emotion of, uh, of the team. But also I need to say that all the other teams, they were happy for my victory. You know, all the people were very happy. All the people came to me to say congratulations. You know, Bernie came to me. Uh, everyone was coming to me, you know, because and Alonso he, was very complimentary as well. Yes, yeah. of course. We, we, we are quite friends, I need to say. And, uh, I think I deserve the victory because I drove well. We did a pretty good job. I, the team did everything quite good, you know, and, and he realized, okay, I, I lost the race, you know, and for him, I think at some time he was trying and trying and trying, but the last five laps, he realized I had something more than him, you know, and he backed off a little bit. And it was amazing all the, the Spanish support because, and Spanish, uh, uh, language talking, but you know, you never expect, uh, to, to win in the, in the home of Fernando and having the Spain guys supporting you as much as I, I thought, saw that. I thought you were going to say that you were the most unpopular man in the whole of Spain because you'd just beaten Alonso, but it wasn't like it that. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like this. I, 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 as I mentioned before, I felt the, the vibration from the suns. You know, every people were very happy. Uh, I had, I remember I had a lot of Venezuelan supported that race all around the track with the flags, uh, people, uh, coming to the track, you know, that was, that was a, a very good experience. I need to say that it will, it will, uh, stay in my memory forever. I think, uh, not only for me, also for formula one, for Williams as well. I remember it was the, the 70, uh, year of Frank. We were celebrating that weekend. So it was something very special, you know, something very special. Uh, we had Toto, 
who Dr. was Wolf was in the garage. Dr. Wolf was in the garage also. What did he say to you after the win? We were so happy. We <laughs> were so happy celebrating. You know, that was an amazing achievement for for the team at the time. Uh, they deserve that. They, uh, I think, they trust me. You know, it's never easy to trust uh, a rookie guy. You know, especially coming from my country. You know, okay, I had the support of of Pedevesa, but at the same time, you know, it's difficult to trust. You know, a, a Latin guy, and I think, and I need to thank William for that. And I think historically, they like the Latin uh, drivers. And they always achieve quite a good uh, result with the Latin drivers. Yeah, no, that's true. So how big a deal were you back home in Venezuela after that win? That was huge. That was huge. <laughs> Can you just put some flesh on the bone? That how, was huge. how big was it? I had thousands of people waiting for me in the airport. So what, you, after the race, you flew back? Yes, of course, because the sponsors... Uh, some PR, some interviews. All the country wanted to have me in the, in the best chan- TV channels. All the country wanted to, to share my hands. You know, my people. The people were, you know, when I when I get when I won the, the GP2 championship, that was like a, a, a big hope for the people to have someone in, in Formula One. After we achieved Formula One. I think my people were a, a little bit down just because they were used to win. They were used to win races, championship. Every weekend we were in the top. Every weekend we were in the podium. But Formula One is not like this. So they were a little bit down, you know. And and of course, after the beginning of my Formula One career, I had Ruben Barrichello as a teammate, the most experienced drivers in the world, you know. And, uh, and we were not living the good moment in, with the cars. And I start to learn from him. You know, that was the only thing I, I couldn't do at the time. I, I, I start to learn every single detail from him, from his experience. He was very jealous, very close. Rubens was? Yes. But I was going to say, what did you learn from Rubens? Or was it quite difficult? A lot. I need to say a lot. Because first, you are racing with one of your idols. You know, I was looking after him and following him since I was a kid. You know, and he was together with Michael, you know, and your first year you realize he is your teammate and you, you know, he is one of the big guys, you know, and you know also that you need to beat him. Uh, the few, the beginning, the few races, of course, he was quicker than me in the qualifiers, in the race, very close guys, very intelligent. The experience, you know, he, he knew what to do. At the time, I mean, no, I was discovering things, every track, every uh, different compounds. I was. So, was it the way he was setting up the car, or was it his approach to the whole it weekend? The, it was the, the the completely different approach. I, I I didn't expect, you know, Formula One to be like this, and this opened, you know, my. Uh, I was curious about about learning why he was doing like this, you know, and I was very focused on him maybe more than him over me, you know, and after a few races, I start to beat him, you know, maybe I was uh, hungry. I was coming always to, to, to be in the podium. So that was my only target at the time. You know, he was my only target at the time. We were very close in the races. I start to beat him in the qualifiers uh, quite, quite often, 
you know, and I, I said, okay, now I'm learning, now I'm, I'm getting fast, now I knew why he is doing this, why he's not doing that. You know, I was just learning and taking it very easily, you know, but pushing at the same time. And I think, and I think I need to tense him to be my teammate, you know, because whatever I learn, you know, it, it, it was not because he explained to me. It, it just was because I was looking after what he was doing, why we were, we, he was approaching the new tires in this different, in this, uh, way or the start of the race in this way or the strategy of the race. He was always, uh, leading the team, you know, and I knew I, I, I learned and that was helping me a lot the second year in, in Williams. So were you disappointed then that he didn't stay at Williams for 2012? And that yes, you... I was expecting him to, to, to be there, to be honest. And he was pushing very hard. Why do you think they went for Bruno ahead of, Bruno Senna ahead of? I think Barricade. Bruno had a, a good, in 2011, Bruno raised few, few races in, in Lotus, I think, and he had a quite, quite good uh, results. And also, he was quite competitive, you know, he was quite competitive, a lot of sponsors behind him, big name behind, behind him, you know, I think it was the moment of Bruno too, you know, and, and he was younger also, Ruben was at the end of his career, Bruno was younger, I think if I was in the, in the team place again, maybe I, I will take Bruno again. But it's always difficult to say if. But do you think you would have benefited personally more had Barrichello stayed because you would have learned more than having Senna as your teammate? Uh, it's difficult to say because uh, Bruno Bruno was driving quite good in 2012. We were both fighting for, for good points. He never achieved the victory, but he was right there. That race, he was fighting for uh, P5 or something. So he was quite quick for... For, for the team as well. You talk about in Spain 2012? Yes, yeah, Spain yeah. 2012. He crashed with, uh, no, Michael crashed him. Mm. In, of course, turn one. Turn, turn one, big crash. You remember, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. And uh, then they were fighting for good places, you know, we were quite good. And, and Bruno was pushing uh, very hard. We pushed each other, very good weather in the team. He's a friendly guy, you know, he was very open. I was very open with him too. We share not only in the race, outside of the race. And, uh, and, and to be honest, we had an amazing experience that year. For, the, for my third year in William, I supposed to have Bruno again in the team because he was doing quite good, you know, he was okay. Uh, maybe not having the victory, not having the podium, but he was right there. You know, he was missing something, but the day he put everything together, he, he's going to be there, you know, at the time. And, uh, and yeah, the third year I got, uh, Botas, which was a big deal for the team just because, uh, Valtteri was very young, you know, it's not only about to be quick in the car. It's also about to have, uh, the experience. You know, I think he had not experience and I, I was not very experienced at the time. So at the moment you put together two very young guys, you know, with not a huge experience. Okay. Even if I won the races, but I was not mature enough, you know, to lead the team and I need to be fair and honest. And, uh, and yeah, 
certainly we were expecting both to have maybe the best car ever in the history of William. And we had the worst cars ever, you know, and that was very, very sad in the team, not for the drivers, maybe more for me because I was coming from, from a victory than for, for Valtteri because Valtteri was approaching the team, just approaching. And of course, when you are approaching, you have a lot of expectation. If you have a second last and last, you always be want to be second last. No, I want, I wanted to win. I not wanted to, to fight for the, for the last position, you know, because I realized it's possible to win. It's possible to be in the podium because we fight for many podiums that year. We didn't achieve another one, but we were P4, P5, P6. We were very close to, to achieve another podiums. And I realized that. And I realized, okay, I can, I can race the top guys. I can win the top guys too. So that was a very frustrating moment when we got that car. We start to work around the car and the car was so silly. You know, the car was completely wrong, completely wrong. Everything in the car was wrong. That was maybe one of the worst cars uh, I ever drove from the beginning. And I, we tried to, to solve the problems. We get slightly better, but by the time we start to, to improve, the other, they were miles away, you know, because they were focusing in, in development and we were focusing on solving problems. That was the, the main difference of 2013. Can I ask you an, another question about Bottas? Yes. Um, and given what he's gone on to achieve with Mercedes, yes. what impressed you the most about him? Ah, to be honest, he didn't impress me. You know, he was uh, very pushed by the team at the time. Uh, I was young, uh, promised for Formula One. Uh, coming from GP3, I think he... GP3 and Formula One is, is very far away. You know, and but he was doing well, and I'm not doing. I'm not saying that he was doing bad. He was quick. He was motivated. He was doing his job very well. Uh, introducing the team, you know, uh, very welcoming the team. Also, we were together trying to solve the problem. But just you know, every peop all the people were expecting more about him. You know, and also, also not when I was there because we had not the car to, to fight for anything, to be fair. But after when they had the car to fight for, for more, I think he, he is very, he's a driver, he's a super quick driver, but at the same time, he's, he's very cautious. You know, he never take any big risk. He, uh, it's difficult to say something about the other driver, but he looks like he's always happy. You know, if he's fifth, if he's fourth, if he's second, if he's, he always finish the races, which is very good, you know, but about finishing the races, sometimes you need to try for something different. You know, this is proper racer, you know, when you try for more and he is not trying for more. And you can see that now some races, yes, some races is doing a proper job and I'm following him. I like his style driving style. He's very clean, very nice, I need to say. But it's not about beginning quick. It's the approach you have in the race. When he have a driver like Hamilton approaching him, this fight I love. 
but always, for some reason, is Hamilton to get the, the, the advantage against him, you know, because it's the approach. It's not, I'm not saying Hamilton is quicker than him or, or he's slower than, than Hamilton. If you put both drivers in the same speed, which normally, Valtteri sometimes is even quicker than, than Lewis, but by the race time, it's just a different approach. So he didn't, he didn't su surprise me because, uh, I was always used to deliver my 100% and never happy. If I was first, I wanted to, to lap the second. You know, if I was second, I wanted to, <laughs> to, always to, to be always for more, you know, and, and this is against my, my style. You know, this is against my, my principle of racing. The, the, the things I learned in the really beginning, you know, that I, I've been thinking a lot about the sportsmen's, you know, and the sport, the sport is something more than a sport. The sport is very culture, you know, it's, it's a culture. And a part of that is, is, is moving your passion and is moving your sense. You know, many sense are involved, uh, mentally. But behind all the technicians, behind all the, the, the experience you can have, there is a man, you know, and the man is always going for victory, for more. If you are not human in racing, in the sport, you are not ever a successful sportman. You know what I mean? You need to go for more. And this is the proper sport. At the beginning, I need to come to, to say something about Verstappen because this guy impressed everyone since day one. Okay. Very quick. Did he impress you? He impressed everyone. He impressed everyone. I was racing and I, I, to be honest, it's my style. I, I, and I respect all the other style, but this is my style. Nobody scared me, you know, and I show that. Nobody scared me and I always think I'm the best. If you don't think you are the best, why you are racing? You know, of course I think I'm the best. And I was, I, I was doing all my best, you know, putting, trying to put all together. I never had a competitive car to fight against the big guys. The only one I had, I won, I need to say. Okay. So when you see Verstappen, which is a driver that I follow and I love his racing style. He proper the style. It's not about the speed, it's the style, the approach of the races. And, and, and the spirit of Verstappen you like as yes, well? Yes, the speed of Verstappen. He's very young and 100% with all the media who was criticizing him since the really beginning, making uh, a stupid mistake, having the worst news all over the world. My question was, he is quick or no? Yes. He is one of the future talents in Formula One or no? Yes. Why they were attacking this guy? Why, why the, why the media is trying to, to put down a guy which is beginning his career, you know, making a wonderful uh, results, a wonderful work in Formula One and the really beginning already showing his talent, uh, his uh, approach, you know, his uh, determination in the track. Because it's difficult to say, but sometimes 
I feel that the journalists are approaching, I'm not talking about you, of course, but in general, are approaching, are approaching the drivers or the sportmen's like a men's, like a person's. If you are covering Formula One, which is a sport, you need to approach the driver as a driver. Okay. Then if the driver is not sympathetic to you or the driver is talking in the bad way, this is another thing. But the talent was there. But I don't think you'll find any journalists criticizing Max Verstappen now. Since Canada last year, Canada 2018, exactly. he's been sublime. This is the point I wanted to say. Why now nobody is criticizing him? You know, he's the same guy. He didn't change the name. He didn't change, uh, the, the, all, even the team. You know, he's the same guy. Of course, in life, you need I think experience. he's more consistent. You could argue he's more consistent. But now, also right? the team is more consistent. You know, uh, I remember in the past he, he stopped, I don't know, six times in a row because of the car problems, you know? And, and, and it's, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to finger a guy, you know, to point a guy because he is beginning, at the beginning of his career, he is learning, okay? It's Formula One, it's never easy, you know, a lot of pressure. Uh, it's a young guy and now, He's maturing, you know, he's maturing, he's getting his rhythm, he's more involved in, in the championship, he's more involved with the media as well. He's learning how, how to survive in Formula One. Your, your passion is so infectious. I'm just sat the other side of a table from of you. Course. And yeah, it's kind of... I spent all my life behind the, the <laughs> yeah. wheel, you know, racing. I started when I was six years old, seven years old. So you can't imagine how I live this passion. But let, let's talk, I mean... You brought up the subject of the relationship between the drivers and the media. And I wanted to ask you about your relationship with the media when you were in Formula One. Because from my side, from my side was always quite good, I need to say. I never had any problem, any difference between no one in the paddock, you know, no one in the paddock. Also in the teams, you know, in the teams where I've been testing, racing. Uh, I, I remember in 2002 or three. Four, sorry, 2004. I was, uh, that was my first test in Formula One with Minardi. Of course, remember, you know, Misano, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, Misano. Then I, I was in uh, Renault as a Renault driver development. So I was involved in the team going to the Formula One race. I never had any difference with no one in the team. I was so funny. And maybe, maybe this is one point that affected a little bit in some way to my career in Formula One. But hang on, explain. So you think you were almost too nice? Is that what you're saying? No, but it's not about beginning nice or or, or or a bad guy. But I've been quite open. You know, I've been I've been quite open and Latin and uh, and soft with the media and not criticizing and not talking about other drivers and not uh, against the teams. Uh, of course, sometimes you have bad days and good days, but this is normal life, you know, and of course you are there to win and when the things are not going and coming out as you want, sometimes you can have a, a rude day and you can say something wrong, but internally, you know, my relationship with the teams, with the media, with all the people around, that was fantastic. You have friends everywhere where I go. After after my career, I, I'm coming back to the races. I have always friends. I, I am always welcome in the teams, even in the teams where I never race, you know, I'm always welcome. 
uh, I always have a lot of friends. So I, I need to say that I never had from my side any different me. We know one because I mean, it's you. You bring up the subject of Verstappen and his crashing. You had a few crashes yes. along the way, didn't you? Do you feel that when you had those crashes, particularly sort of in the Lotus era, yes. do you feel the media was too hard on you? Yes, and no. in the way that you think they were too hard on Verstappen when he was, crashing? yeah, maybe yes, yes, of course, because. Uh, uh, it become popular to talk about me, you know. I need to say that I, I was not winning championships, but the people were talking more than me than the, the, the leader of the season at the time, you know. Maybe because I, uh, my situation was very different than the situation of the rest of the driver. I've been cataloged as a paid driver from the beginning just because I bring a Venezuelan sponsor. Did that frustrate you? No, no, because I'm very, you know, I'm very nice and relaxed about that. But of course, media start to talk about uh, in, in this way, you know, and this maybe didn't suit the people who was supporting me, you know, and, the, and following me, you know. So that was not fair against the image of, of the driver as a product, you know, because I needed to work very hard to find my sponsors and not for one year for my whole career, but also I needed to win all the single championship and all the single categories where I been racing, you know, and not coming because my father pay and buy the engineer, buy a car, buy, you know, and coming because I sweat my position in Formula One. I, I won in Gokar, I won in Formula Renault, I won in World Series, I won in GP2, I won in Formula One, I went to the sport cars. I won in the sport cars. Something, something is good, in my opinion. You know, maybe not in the opinion of the, all the media, but in my opinion, when you realize and you sit down and think about your career, I think something was quite good. You know, because okay, imagine I'm coming from a country, and I mentioned before, it's not very popular. It's popular to follow, but not popular to practice this sport. I had the talent. I show. It's not because I say I show. I start winning. I, I win and the support of the, I gain the support of, of, of the country. Not only PDVSA. Before Formula One, I had like seven, eight between private and uh, public companies supporting my career because maybe I was the only one. I was not the only Venezuelan one in, 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 in the weather at that time, you know, in the, in the racing. We were quite a good drivers, a few good drivers racing around. But maybe I was the only one who was achieving step by step, very quiet, very professional, you know, because I had a very clear idea where I wanted to go at the time, you know, and what I wanted to achieve. And, uh, and of course, it was very, very tough to, to, to get the sponsor. It was the only way to achieve Formula One because I remember uh, arriving third, four, fifth in GP2 in my previous years. No one was looking at me. I saw many drivers arriving 10 in GP2 and they were in a good team in Formula One. Uh, the pressure you, you feel in Formula One is completely different to, to, to any other pressure that you can feel in the, in, in, in the world, 
you know, it's, it's a different thing. And you approach that to everything now in your life. It's a proper university, you know, it's, a, it's, it's life school, you know. And Formula then, One is a life of course, school. Yeah. Of course, of mm. course. I retain the people who work in Formula One, fantastic people, you know. I think um, approaching the life differently, and I like this. But Pastor, you talk about the extra pressure on you in Formula One. Is that why you were so aggressive because you knew you had to perform and of course and you went over the limit of course sometimes i was over the limit not very often i need to say i need if you look at the records i made some mistake no more than the others but my ones were in first page all around the world but no more than the others okay no more than the others and no more often than the others but did those headlines those negative headlines affect you negatively of course just because I let, let me explain my situation at the time. I have a lot of pressure from my country. Okay, they they needed to and they wanted to because we won. This that was the worst thing for the sponsor thing. Imagine you win, so you have twenty races to go. They want to win all the twenty races now. So I had a lot of pressure from the sponsors. The team had a lot of pressure from the sponsors. Okay, the team was putting pressure on our side, you know, like having a meeting, never over me, ah, you need to do this, never been like this, but we've been sitting down, talking, we need to achieve this, we need to achieve this, we need to do whatever we need to do, but we need to achieve this. And we were far away from, from our target, you know, and this is making you more anxious, Okay, this is making you uh, not frustrated because I never feel fr frustrated, to be honest. I always feel, uh, okay, this was a bad one. Next week, we go for more. You know, that was my approach. Also with the team. And I think we did pretty good in the team. And that's why the people like me. It, it, that just because even if we were fighting for the last place, because we had any problem in the car or whatever, I was happy and I was pushing the team to improve, to do the best, you know, every time. And if we were fighting for uh, P11, I wanted to fight for P10 next race. And of course, that, that extra pressure drive us as a team, talking Williams, uh, to make some mistakes, you know? from my side, but also from the team side, we were losing, for example, the wheels race after race. And uh, the FIA uh, put a minimum time to us for pit stops. And that was minimum time of seven seconds. The other were doing two seconds. We, were, we needed to do seven seconds. But no one knew this. The media didn't talk about it, you know? And we were P8, P, P9. By the time we stopped in the pits, yeah, P15 again, you know? So it's not only, it's frustrating, but it's not only a, the team mistake or my mistake, you know, and always talking about the, the team mistake. The all, all we want, we put an extra pressure and we've been doing mistakes in the, in the designing of the car, you know, because I think we were uh, too aggressive and we, we crossed the line, you know, we were over, our our limits at the time, 
And the same happened in, in, in Lotus, you know. It's a fantastic team. They have everything in order. It's very well organized. Huge uh, resources. The people are fantastic. Very intelligent guys. Uh, very uh, focused. But sometimes uh, they felt the pressure of what's going wrong around the team. You know, from the direction, not, not, not talking about the racing team or the factory team, but the direction wise, it was a disaster. I need to say that was a disaster. I get to the races, we had no food. Oh, at Lotus. Mm. At Lotus. We get to the races, the people were not paid. You know, the mechanics wanted to, to, to strike. You know, the mechanics were, had no hotel. I went to one of, one of the races, I, I remember in, in Brazil, coming back from a long fly, you know, I get to the hotel, no, no room for you. Okay. And I say, okay, I pay my room. Give me a room because I am tired. I need to, in the meantime, the team solve the problem. He say, we can because the team uh, book the rooms. So the, the, the rooms were booking and at the same time, no room for all the, the, the drivers, no room for, for the team directors, the, the, the the leader of the team. So imagine how you approach a race, uh, going to the bed three o'clock in the morning because you don't have any any room. Uh, you get to the track, you don't have any catering. You know, you get eat. When to achieve things in this kind of sports, you need to be perfect. You know, you need to be focused just in driving. I never been focused in driving. I needed to cover all my sponsors. You know, I needed to cover uh, my life here in, in Europe. I needed to solve my problems. I needed to, I never had someone to support me behind. Where did you sleep in Brazil? At the end, in the hotel. Oh, but in that be, hotel. Be, be, before, <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> waiting for the room yeah. until two yeah. or three in the night yeah. in, in, in the lobby of the hotel with the other driver and then. Uh, How demotivating was all that when you were at Lotus, all those problems? I mean, did it affect your love of Formula One? I was, I was quite good. I think, uh, the media was quite aggressive, especially my last year. I was doing quite good. I did a lot of points, uh, nearly a podium, but we had a failure in the car that was a spa. I was very quick, you know, in Monaco, I was very quick too, you know, but we had a, a, a problem in the car. I don't remember. Ah, imagine this all frustration you, you can have in the team. I placed the car, which was a car to be 18 or 17. I placed the car in Monaco, top 10, seven or something like this. I don't remember. By the, I did the, the laps to the grid. Okay. By the team, all looking perfectly in the car. I get to the grip, told to my engineer, let's do the pressure, pressure adjustment. Let's do this. Let's do that. I jump in the car. Few minutes before uh, starting the engines, the engine didn't start. Some problem in the car. So there was everything wrong in that in that team at the time. You know everything wrong. But the people didn't talk about this. You know, for me it was only talking when I had some incident. I had some time people crashing into me from the back, and was my fault. You know, in all the media, that was my fault. The people was coming from the back, you know, and that was my fault. So, of course, this is not the best for 
for a driver, but not only for me as a person, because I, I'm very strong. I don't care the people if he's talking good or bad, you know, I was focused on my way. I was focused and I showed that when I won, you know, people were talking the same shit. Uh, people were talking, ah, Fernando is going to uh, kill him uh, in the first lap. Okay, uh, let's see uh, in the last lap, not in the first lap, you know, so. And, and uh, at what the about end, your relationship with the other drivers then? Because, I mean, there's two drivers in particular I wanted to ask you about. One was Lewis Hamilton and the other yes. was Sergio Perez. Yes. Um, Hamilton, particularly in, I think it was 11, you and him, yeah. what's that, I think Monaco, you had Monaco, a crash. I was fifth. Mon- yes. It's my, my first year, I was fifth in Monaco, which Monaco, for any reason, I've been always quite good in Monaco. Why are we always so good in Monaco? We'll come back to Hamilton. Why Big balls. We- Big balls. Is that- <laughs> Big balls. You have the close walls, you know, it's, it's, it's in some points. And, and I need to say also, it's not only about balls, it's about focus, concentration, I know very well where to be quick and where to be quiet, you know, and, and I putting always good performance in, in Monaco. Yeah. That time. So with Hamilton, yeah, 2011. Yeah, yes, that time I was fifth and Lewis was very arrogant, you know, by the time of trying to overtake me in turn one, that was impossible. You know, he got penalized, but he finished my race, you know, and for the team at the time, that was a mega achievement. And then you tripped over each other again at Spa later, at Spa, later just, that year. Yes, just because, but we had so many uh, differences that year, I think, or, or, or the first two years, just because I think uh, he was very rude over the, the, the new drivers, you know. Also, if we knew from, from kids, you know, because we were racing together from, from the go-kart. And he's a driver that I really admire. You know, it's one of my key guys to follow in terms of determination, in terms of driving, uh, whatever. People always, always talk also quite badly about him at the beginning of his career. And he's, he's a killer. He's, he's, he's a phenomenal but guy. And we had, we, we, very good relationship. Even in 2011 when you were, even in 2011. Of course, at the moment after the crashes, some differences. I remember he called me back after he crashed me here in, in, in Monaco. He apologized. He's a very, he's a good gentleman. You know, he's a gentleman. He called me back. Also, Anthony, his father called me and they apologized. Uh, that was a very, very sweet uh, thing, you know, from, from, from them. Because everyone can do any mistake, you know. Of course, I was frustrated. I wanted to, you know, it's the moment, it's the reaction, is I was in my best race in my first year, starting, starting the season, because this is only the, the fourth or fifth race during the, the season. And, uh, and, and at the end of the race, maybe two laps remaining or something like this on the wall tends to, to, to him. But anyway, my approach was let's move forward, you know, and I move forward and Lewis, he was in McLaren at the time. Every time was passing the, the, or lapping the cars or passing the car in the free practice, always trying to push you. You know, always trying to, it's like, say, okay. Was he, it just as something that, it was it just you and him that was No, like, no. Does I, it go think, back to your karting days? Yeah, we were always friends. But also, also I see him now and we are friends, you know. He's a great guy. I love him. I love his family also. We shared together many categories and many experiences, you know. 
But I think it's, it's a time in your life, in your career, where uh, he realized, you know, and he and strong, you know, and and against the, the, the small teams and the small, the, the, you know, he was very, very rude, very aggressive. And sometimes when you are in the car, you know, it's, it's something very hard to explain, you know, how you feel, how you think, because you are racing, so it's yourself against yourself. There is, even if you have the radio, but the radio you look, you hear like uh, miles away, you know, you, uh, clutch position and you do this. Engine mode one, engine the mode one, but it's yourself. You know, whatever happened is yourself. And sometimes I say, okay, now is enough. Now he need to learn the lesson. And I get into him after the qualifying in Spa. Just because I was, everyone was in the line in the last corner, which is very slow, you know, I'm preparing and leaving the space against the people in the front, preparing their lap. I was preparing my one, you know, Everyone was respecting. It was only about the respect. Everyone was respecting the time of the guy in the front. Whatever is the guy, you know. I was respecting my time, and Luis passed me in the last corner. And he destroyed my life, you know. And I was, it was the last chance I had to qualify good the car. And I got so pissed off, I need to say. And after we crossed the line, I got into him. That was not the, the, the best decision, but that was enough for me at the time. You know, that was enough because every time he was coming to, into me, you know, quite closely, quite arrogant and, uh, and I said, now he need to learn the lesson because. So what did you do? Did you break test him? I can't. No, no, I, I, I put him uh, so, out. But he knew what game you were playing, didn't he? He knew why you were reacting like that because... Of course he knew. Yeah. Of course he so knew. So what did he say to you afterwards? After he came to me again. What did know? he say? He came to, to the Williams track and he came to me. Ah, Kamali, we need to talk. We are friends and many years. We don't need to do this. I need to apologize for the things I'm doing. But I'm fighting for the champion. And I say, okay, listen. You say the right thing. You are fighting for the championship. So focus in the championship. Not focus against the, the small teams, you know. And no, oh, yes, apologize. We shake hands, uh, hard, you know. We are friends because. But did we, he ever give you problems again? We finished there. That was the end of it then? That was the end. Okay. It's funny because the drivers are still tripping over each other now. In, in Hungary, just, uh, you know, a month ago, they were Daniel Ricciardo in qualifying. Actually, it was Sergio Perez, the next driver I wanted to talk to you about. He, he did exactly that on Perez uh, in qualifying. But uh, what about Perez? Because you and him had a few. A few From GP2. That goes back to GP2, Back to it? GP2 because he got second in the championship. And that's why he is upset with, with me, you know. Yeah. But we are friends again. In, tw in 2010, right. In so. 2010. But we are friends, you know. I, I love his family. Uh, our he was quite family. rude about you. Oh, but he's rude. He's a big talker guy. You know, <laughs> he he's was Mexican. He's talking and talking and talking. And I think you. I think you two had a collision at Silverstone, and he was quite rude about you after the race. Yeah, well, you know, he's quite rude just because he lost against me, and this is the kind of jealous that you survive with that. You know, you you leave it. You 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 have is always inside. 
And this is back to GP2 because uh, I, I was quicker and I was better and I won in the right way. I won uh, in, in GP2. Imagine we were we were racing, and out, out of ten races, I won six races in a row, and the others I was in the podium. So I killed the I killed the championship. The races who Sergio won, he was the second quickest. I need to say the the, the, the races he won, he was the second races in, in GP2. You know the one, yeah, you, yeah, the sprint you, race, the sprint race, the one you 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 how you say you invert the grid, yeah. oh, the top eight, the yeah. top eight, and uh, and few other races he was uh, the top, but when I won he was always second, so following me, and making many poles. I never did any pole that that year for any reason. I don't know, but I won many races, and uh, we had some close fight, you know, in GP two which is nice. I love to fight, you know, closely and body to body and hand to hand, you know, he's, he's, he's passionate about the motorsport. It's the only thing people are talking, you know, it's the only thing who, the people who, who love this sport, they want the fight. They want the, the, to misurize the balls, to misurize the talent. You know, this is really passion. So he lost against me in Formula One, he was doing very good, but he never won. I won. So many things that uh, we had not only one collision, maybe two or three in, in all our stay in Formula One. We were because I wanted to race him closely because I retained he was a proper nice driver to race against, you know, and to 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 fight against. But sometimes I like it because he, he was uh getting getting stressed and getting very angry in the car and talking a lot in the radio and you know and I love that you know and I was even more rude but but I need to say a part of the difference the drivers can have you know I respect this guy and this guy is my friend and I retain is one of the best talent Formula One have. Even if he Perez, we're talking. Of course, even if he had not the chance. Okay, he had the chance in McLaren, but not when McLaren was a super team. He never had the chance, and maybe he will never have the chance to go to a top team. But I wanted to see him. I, I really want to see him having the, the good car because he improved a lot. So you love the aggressive drivers, but I put it to you that if you'd been less aggressive as a driver... yes. Might you still be in Formula One now? You know, I think not. I think not. I think uh, I was I was clear about my career in Formula One. You know, it was because I needed the the, the support. You know, it's like Perez. Perez being in the podiums with the Force India. You know, and the team preferred to get a rookie driver. It's something that is not good enough in Formula One, you know, how you have a driver nearly 10 years driving, having all the seasons a podium, and you prefer a rookie driver. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to understand, you know. Well, there's wheels within wheels, aren't there? It's but, difficult to understand. But, but what about but, you, Pastor? But about me, it's, I, I knew I needed the, the, the support, you know. I never had any, any big... Uh, support in, in Formula One. I had Nicola Todd like a uh, manager. Uh, he's supposed to be my manager, but he never managed my career as as expected. 
What know? do you mean by that? Oh, that wonderful guy again, wonderful guy. I love his family. This guy is my friend. I retain my friend, but I needed to have, you know, the, 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 the support behind to, to be in Formula One. I, I find my sponsors, you know, I won my race. Nobody helped me to win my race. I won my championship. Nobody helped me to win my championships at the time. I only had the support of my family, I need to say, who they work very closely to, to, to my career just because they realized I had the talent and, and they pushed me to go forward. But I never had someone, you know, behind looking after my career. As in, as in your next move? Of course. But would, you like to, would you like to have anything. seen Nicola get you into Ferrari? Is that what you're saying? Would you like to have seen Nicola get you into some other teams? But he was not interested to get me anywhere else. You what know, do you mean? I, I was that? looking after my teams. I was looking after my salaries. I was looking after my, uh, my, my, my things. So, so what I were had, you I had so many, I had so many things to think about. I never had, I never had a hundred and 360 degree support from anyone, even paying. Imagine that, you know, so it's, it's very difficult to criticize and it's very difficult to, to, to value. You know, uh, my, my Formula One's career when, when I was completely different to the rest of the drivers. I, I, my support wasn't like the, the Sergio, for, for example, a private, private company supporting, Slim is behind, putting money because the image of the country and his companies. My one was a, a government company. Uh, they are not used to support people in Formula One. It's not like a Pet Petronas or, or, or any Shell or any other famous uh, oil companies in Formula One. Okay, PDVSA is very famous, but it was the first time in in, in the history of of PDVSA to to become in in uh, motor racing. And, uh, and it was so, so difficult. You know, I had no, I, I only had the support from my family, but not, not hundred percent because my family have the business in, in the country. You know, I was here traveling. And when you are in Formula One, you are always busy. Simulator, the PR events, sponsors, uh, interviews, uh, testing, go to the race again is, is, it's a continuous lap, you know? So I never also sit down and realize what is missing and what is not missing because that, that supposed to do other people. If you could change one thing about your career, what would you change? Uh, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say. It's not only one. You need to change. Uh, you always can improve and you always can do better, you know, in different ways. You know, in different, in completely different ways. Of course, I was very fit. I was, uh, I was, I, I can do maybe 20 races in a row and uh, without sweating. You know, I was super good in the car. Uh, I, I show I wanted to, I, I, I had the, the, the chance to, to win in the races. If I need to, to, to change something, 
that was very difficult and every, every not every day, but sometime I, I've been asking to myself. It was, uh, maybe it was better to stay in Williams, you know, uh, because I had contract for two more years at the time. For 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Maybe it was better to stay in Williams, but so, so, so I had the pressure from, from the sponsor. The sponsor wanted to change. They had some differences against Williams. Williams had some differences against the sponsor. The sponsor said, stop. We don't want to work anymore. They find another team for me. So they were like managing a little bit my career, but it wasn't like this. You know, we saw all the teams available and the best at the moment was uh, Lotus, you know, after, okay, they have so many problems. But Pasta, surely you knew at the end of 2013, the work that Mercedes was doing on the hybrid engine. Yes. It was obvious to everybody really that Mercedes had stolen a march and yes. had got an advantage on the other manufacturers. Yes. Williams had that Mercedes power unit. It's not only about the, the Mercedes power unit, you know. But they were always going to be strong in 14. I mean, yes. they had a tremendous year, didn't they? But yes, they were, they were nearly winning races. The thing is, when you are frustrating and when you are doing your best and you wake up every morning and you do 100% of you and it's every day going back, and not because of you, you know, you get frustrated, you know, you have the pressure behind from the sponsors who are paying good amount of money, you know, for the team and for Formula One. For them was very important the, 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 the visual, their, their position in, in the teams against the other competitor for them in the old companies, you know, they wanted to be in front and they, they try to achieve the best teams. I had the chance to go to Hispania uh, Grand Prix a year earlier. You know, they didn't allow this just because they wanted to be in, in a competitive team. Okay. So it's not only about me. It's about my, my, my environment, you know, my people around all the situation push us to go for Lotus, for any reason. I don't know, I need, I need to say, okay, we knew that, but we didn't expect the engines to have uh, these differences, okay? We may be, okay, one year you you survive, and the second year you improve. And that was a disaster of my career. That was, that that killed my, my career. But at the so same time... Going to Lotus killed you. Leaving Williams, going to of Lotus. Of course, of course. Right. From winning races to, to be... Uh, second last and, uh, and fight, fighting for, for the back positions, you know, okay, a few points we got, but fighting for the last position. And at the same time, at the same time, which was frustrating everyone in the team, was the car was broken in the paddock, in the bots, before the races, breaking engine, before the races, breaking something, you know. I remember you getting wrong. very frustrated in 13. I mean, it did, at one point, didn't you actually accuse the team of, ah, what are you doing? Is this yes, of course, because almost sort of I sabotage. Was, we were very slow, you know. In my car, we were losing the wheels, not in the other car. You know, as a driver, what do you think? If you, for six times, lose the wheels, and it's very dangerous, you know, or three times or whatever. And the other car is perfect, you know. And you go to qualifying, normally I was... Out qualifying uh, Vettel with the Red Bull, out qualifying Alonso with the 
because I was very strong in, in the quali. And certainly you push, you push hard, you go for your 100%, you get a clean lap and you are second lap and your teammate is three seconds away from you. There is something that is not working. So know? on the back of that, the relationship was unworkable and you almost had to leave Williams. Is that what you're saying? No, I need to say that the personal, the personal relationship have been always maybe as a family, you know, I've been always very close to William's family, you know, not to the team. Let's talk about the team, to the family. So okay? to Frank, to Claire, to Frank, Johnny. Claire, Jonathan, all the family. Jenny was alive. All the family, I was very close. They welcomed me because maybe they saw these guys alone, you know, they, they welcomed me very nicely in the team. And I feel very proud of that, you know. Also, Frank was uh, proud of, of having me in the team. I I want to see, when I was in the factory, I wanted to see him every day, you know, to talk to him. He was, I can see, you, you can understand when people are happy when they see you, you know, and, and when they feel proud of you. And I remember that uh, I, I as soon as I got to the team, I had... Uh, a very quick reputation, you know. I, wa I was a super quick that guy, you know. Every 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 personal in the team was talking. Ah, this is our quick guy, you know. And uh, and Frank was always uh, together with me. I was sharing a lot of good, nice time with with Claire, who was working in the media uh, with you guys. Uh, by the time uh, having uh, our up and down, it's normal in in, in the race. But then, but then, which maybe is what is happening also now, there is so many people in the team who they don't care, you know, and this upset me completely because you have from one hand a family who put the name, with their name of the team is there, you know, making sacrifices, working very hard every day, you know, trying to put something together, having all the resources and all the tools to achieve a nice car, I need to say, because they have everything, even now. And there is people who were contaminating the team, you know, and they never took actions against the peoples, you know, especially new people who arrived, they were, they are not involved in races, they don't, they don't understand races, racing, Formula One, anything, they just arrive, they see Formula One as a business and it's not a business. It's, it's only a business when you win. Otherwise you lost money and you know that. And these people arrive in a, an arrogant way, you know, changing stuff, changing things. And I realized that was the time uh, to leave. You know, I was against, com completely against this criteria. You know, changing people from one day to another, uh, taking new people without experience. And they were lucky. They were lucky only because of the engine. Okay. But they pay these movements. They pay it now. You know, they always get worse and worse and they are paying it now. And they need to re revolution the team and get new people and you know it's taking time they 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 will be there at some moment 
So but they pay this, you know, and, and at the moment I realize, okay, if this is happening in the team, it's going to get worse. But they got the extra power from, from Mercedes who compensate the lack of performance that, that we've been having in the past. So you then go to Lotus. We've discussed Lotus and the frustrations there. By the end of 15, were there any other options on the table or was, was that it? It was Force India at the time. And, uh, and how, how close did you get? Also Ferrari. We were talking uh, with Ferrari, very close, quite close. We get at some moment we were quite, quite close because to be honest, if you, if you look back at the time, I was the only new one in Formula One who achieved the victory with no competitive, with no winning car. You know, so the people were, were looking at me and were happy to, to welcome me in the teams and also even to talk, you know, I, I was welcome in the teams. And with Ferrari, I remember uh, Montesemolo was at the time in there and also... What, year, what, what year are we talking? Talking about 2000, yeah, for, for 14. For, for 14, okay. Yes, yeah. during 2013. Because 2013... People were expecting me to be even more aggressive and more fighting in the front and, you know, also myself. But certainly, you know, everything came down again. And uh, and the Italian guys, they were uh, always following at my resource, my career. I was fighting, uh, also making good points with, with the car who was nowhere, you know. So I was doing good races. And at some point we get quite close, but they start to move. Uh, they put uh, Montesemolo out, they put Domenicali out, and then we lost the, 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 the contacts and the communication, you know, and, and we focus on. So did you go to Maranello? Did you have? I never been to Maranello, but we had a few meetings in, in the track. I meet uh, Domenicali a few times and I meet uh, also Montesemolo. And was Alonso, I imagine, pushing quite hard for you? Or? Maybe yes. Did you talk to Fernando about it? No, no, at the time, but maybe yes, because I was the only one, you know, to, 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 at the moment, I was the new, the new guy in Formula One, you know, it's like Verstappen at the moment, like it was Robert Kubica at his time. I, I was the guy at the, at the time, you know. So people, people were, were coming me, they were happy to talk to, to me, you know. And they were happy to discuss about me because what what was not clear was my relationship with the, with the sponsors, of course, because it was a lot of uh, interest conflict against the, the sponsors. And we were negotiating about that, but we were quite open. Also, my country was open to, to maybe not to be in the car or to be with another company. You know, we, we, they were open to, to find a solution for my career. Uh, at some point we got very close to Ferrari. That was, that was, uh, I was expecting to be honest at the time, the move because. Really? You're expecting to be there in 14? Yes. Yes. Because uh, uh, that was my time. You know, I was maturing. I was, uh, it was the moment for, to, to have a, ch a second chance you know, and not to, to, to try to fight and try to show every day since that I, I couldn't show because it was impossible. So when that didn't happen, you say you were looking at 
Force India for 14 as well? Or was yes. that for six? No, that was for 14, 14 as well. 14 and, and Lotus too. And at the end, uh, I, I choose uh, Lotus. We choose, well, the people choose Lotus. We were quite close to, 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 to Reno. In my first year, we were talking Reno and Williams. And then we choose Williams, which was round two. You know, because you remember Lotus and Reno, they were super good behind Red Bull. Well, look, Pastor, how, how do you reflect on it now, the, the, your time in Formula One? I need to say that uh, I am happy. I am happy not only because I had the chance, you know, and I, have, and I am very happy to all the achievement I did in my career. Okay. Uh, Do you not feel you could have achieved a lot more than just, what was it, one one win in what, 76 points from 95 races or something? A lot more. You should have, and that doesn't frustrate you that you didn't do that? Of course, sometimes you say, okay, when you see drivers in Formula One, you say, oh my God, I, I, I can do that better than this, you know, even now. But maybe it's not my moment anymore, just because I'm focusing in other things, you know, life is changing. And, uh, and yeah, but I would like to try these new cars. This, they, they, they suit me because they, they have a lot of downforce and the downforce is something like, uh, I really like, and I really take out everything from, from the downforce. I, I knew very well the, the white wheels because I did the development with Pirelli. So I really, I really like the, to, to, to test at least, you know, some. Toto, are you listening? Toto, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course he was in the garage in 2012 in Barcelona. Wasn't yeah, he? So yeah, yeah, he knows yeah. what you can do first. But, but yeah, this is maybe not my time anymore. You know, and, and now in, in a moment of my life, which you, you never can say, Never, of course, but you are in the moment in your life that you are looking for another achievements. Who was your toughest competitor? Ah, this is a good question. Uh, uh, competitive, I think, as a teammate or just in Formula One. In Formula One, I think Alonso was one one of them. Fernando, Kimi. Rubens, of course, he was even my teammate. So. And was, so Rubens was the toughest teammate you yes, had? Yes, 100%. And I can't guarantee. The people who say Rubens is a slow or an old man, they are completely wrong. This guy is very quick. And this guy has a wonderful talent and a wonderful passion. Because even today, he is racing and he is winning against... The much younger guys. So this guy is uh, very talented. I love Rubens. He's a good friend. Uh, I, I follow his career also now. And uh, yeah, I enjoy seeing him with his ski racing and uh, going to the go-kart, you know, going every weekend behind the wheels. It's amazing. It's amazing. But then also uh, Michael. Michael, I had some fight against him in the past and he was very tough also uh, many of them I think Formula 1 you always have big 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 talent drivers but of course the big the big boys uh, Hamilton also and one of my best fights 
I need to say it was against uh, Verstappen in his first or second year in, in Formula One in Austria. Do you remember that? I'm just going through it in my mind. Uh, that was super. Uh, we had all the TV on us. We had all the people looking at us because we were the only one fighting at the end of the race. I spent like 25 races behind him. Austria is uh, a, a Red Bull ring is very difficult to overtake. You know that. And I said, at, at one point I said, okay, I was coming from the really back and I was well in the points by that time. And I said, okay, this is going to be my last position. I need to take this position. Whatever happened, I go for him, you know, and this guy was very tough. If you remember, he was always moving last moment, uh, closing the guys and everyone was criticizing him. I was quiet and I was focused on him, trying to overtake. He was putting me out of the track. I was getting, not frustrated, I was getting more angry and more angry, you know, but very intelligent, this guy, I need, I need to be in front of this guy. And at the end I got it. You remember, I, I lost the car in the, in, in the straight when he left. We nearly crashed, but uh, I got the place. Uh, that was a good a good fight, but he always had very nice and, and, and clean fights, not only uh, accidents. And most of the accidents I have, it been so long because I was uh, trying the limits, you know, never against the the others. Wow. Well, Pastor, it's been a wonderful chat. I feel we could talk all night because you're <laughs> still so passionate about Formula One, aren't you? That really comes across talking to you. But it was uh, it was a great career, and thank you very much for your time and for, thank you, Tom, for just talking through all those great stories. That was pretty passionate, wasn't it? And I said Pastor wanted to get a few things off his chest. That was such an engaging chat, and I loved his in-depth description of Spain 2012, his day of days. But I also enjoyed his analysis of rivalries between drivers, many of which go back to the junior formulas. There are occasions, it would seem, when revenge is sought for something that happened many years earlier. And just imagine if Pastor had stayed at Williams in 2014 and 15, when the team finished third in the Constructors' Championship in consecutive seasons. And what if he'd pulled off that move to Ferrari? Thanks, Pastor, for your time and hospitality. It was great to catch up. Well, that's it for another episode, but we'll be back next week with a big name. Until then, why not subscribe to Beyond the Grid if you haven't already? We're on all of your favorite podcast apps, including Apple and Spotify. And thanks for your feedback about last week's episode with Tony Brooks. At 87 years old, what a legend that man is, still able to talk so eloquently about racing in the 50s and all that it entailed. And thanks to Kevin Burton for these thoughts. What a stellar insight from Tony Brooks into the challenging and dangerous world of motorsport, says Kevin. The tragic death of Antoine Hubert at Spa is a sobering reminder that the dangers are still present today. Very eloquently put, Kevin, thank you. And all of us at Beyond the Grid send our thoughts out to the family and friends of Antoine Hubert and indeed Juan Manuel Correa. And please keep your feedback coming. We love it. Remember to use the hashtag F1 Beyond the Grid and you can tweet me at Tom Clarkson F1. Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audioboom.